I'm Molly Cooper and this is a Snapshot episode where we bring you inside scoops from the travel, design and creative spheres. It's the same creative spaces content now in Coffee Break Conversations. Today's Snapshot is all about a subject that still remains something of a taboo. I'm talking about loneliness. In a world of hyper-connectivity, we're currently facing a loneliness epidemic with more adults than ever feeling isolated or alone. And I'm delighted to introduce Holly, founder of the Lonely Girls Club, a network that brings together over 50,000 women across the UK and which, incidentally, has just celebrated its fifth birthday. Holly, welcome to Creative Spaces. I can't wait to get into this topic with you. How are you doing today? Yeah, I'm really good, thank you. Thank you for having me. Not at all. And I'm glad we're doing this online on what is a particularly rainy autumn day here in London. Yeah, absolutely. It's not the most beautiful day, but, you know, we we roll with it. Yeah, we roll and a good one to tune in from the warmth of our homes. Now, before we get into it, I'd love to hear a bit about you and your background and how you've ended up at the Lonely Girls Club. Yeah, absolutely. So my story is a bit of a traditional girl who grew up in a small town I'm originally from Stoke-on-Trent in the Midlands and um, there's not really very much going on there but I grew up obsessed with fashion, fashion magazines, clothes, creativity, making things um, and then I had this big dream of wanting to go and work in fashion and move to London. I'd got these big ideas that it was going to be like you know the Devil Wears Prada or Gossip Girl but in London as a kid, I wanted to be a fashion designer and then realised that I couldn't draw. But as I got older, I realised that fashion marketing and back in the day, fashion magazines were a thing and had these big dreams. So I then went to uni in Nottingham to study fashion communication and promotion, which at the time, everyone from back home thought I was absolutely do-lally because no one did that. Everyone either worked manual jobs like plumbers, and electricians, or they were teachers or they went to do psychology. And I went off and was like, I'm going to go and do a fashion degree. And it was all a bit odd and everyone thought I was gone a bit, gone a bit, crazy and no one thought I was actually going to kind of get anywhere with it that I'd probably do three years at uni and come back to Stoke and that'd be it and I did three years at uni did a few internships during my summers kind of came down to London and was at jewelry brands and clothes brands like one week here and one week there just anyone that would let me do any Mm -hmm. anything and in the end after uni I ended up down here and I worked at a technology company for a bit I worked at a jewelry company for a bit I've been in marketing now for far longer than probably I would like to admit and have been kind of just around and doing different things in that world for a very long time but as on top of that was a girl who during my childhood was bullied quite a lot so loneliness was a big part of my childhood and then when I moved to London I moved on my own I didn't know anyone I didn't have like this massive group of friends already down here that I could hang out with and connect into and I very quickly realized that when you're in even though London is the most incredible city when you're here and you're on your own you don't know anyone gets lonely pretty quick. Mm-hmm. Well, absolutely. And I said taboo in my intro, because I think it is one of those things that no one holds their hands up and is like, I'm actually really lonely, guys. I have no plans or I have plans. and I just feel lonely even when I go and hang out with my mates at the pub, you know? So I think, have you seen, I'd love to get into the story of the Lonely Girls Club and how your experience sort of inspired this, but have you really seen a shift in how people talk about loneliness over the past few years of running this network and this community? Absolutely, absolutely. I think from from a media perspective and how we were all probably raised, when you think of loneliness, you think of an older person in their 60s, 70s, 80s, mm-hmm. sat on their own in a care home, not sort of engaging with anyone, not being able to see anyone. And the reality is that that is a form of loneliness, but there are so many other forms of loneliness. And 
loneliness is a bit taboo is at times people feel quite embarrassed to admit they're lonely which is why I always say to our members you've already taken the first step in being brave because you've joined a group with lonely in the title um but it is massively changed it's massively shifted I think the pandemic has had a lot to do with that that people's social interaction used to always be at work and now people are doing hybrid or completely remote working and it's opening up those conversations a lot more people are becoming a bit more comfortable with talking about loneliness except even identifying it within themselves and seeing you know something that you mentioned um then was that you can be at the pub with your friends and still feel lonely and understanding why that is and understanding that that is what you're feeling you're not just anxious or tired that actually you're surrounded by people but you feel lonely and why is that and that it's things which people slowly are becoming more comfortable talking with, but I think it is going to take time in the same way that over the last few years, mental health has become much more open and honest conversations and people are feeling less anxious about talking about it. I think loneliness will hopefully do the same. It's just going to take a bit of time, I think. Absolutely. And yeah, you said that mental health. I mean, the two are so linked. There's all these reports coming out now that your relationships have as much of an impact on your lifespan, your health span, how you'll age, you know, as much as your diet, how often you're exercising what we can think of as quite you know a light touch the social side of life often the first thing to go when you're stressed or tired or struggling mentally it is that it is your relationships you sort of you abandon them you focus on yourself you cut them off whereas actually they're so entwined and I think we're really starting to understand how this all interacts we're humans we're so sociable we're we're creatures of crowds and actually if you neglect that it has such repercussions long term a hundred percent yeah okay well let's talk about the lonely girls club then so how did the idea come about and what was it in its early days yeah so it's obviously grown a lot I mean we started back in the day with five people Um, I did what most people who are in their 20s 30s probably a bit younger probably a bit older do when you've got a problem I googled it um, I went to google how do I make friends in London and nothing really came up the only thing that five years ago was really around was Bumble BFF which was the friendship side of the Bumble dating app um, and I got on there and very quickly realized oh okay maybe it's not just me that's looking to make friends However, for me personally, again, linking up with mental health, the thought of going on a friendship date with a stranger one-on-one was so anxiety-inducing. Because what if we didn't get on? What if we had nothing to talk about? What if the conversation lasted five minutes and then it was really awkward? What if they were a catfish? Had all of these anxieties, all these thoughts. And then it kind of occurred to me, well, if there's four or five of you who are hanging out, who are going for coffee or going out for the day, then even if one person's really quiet or not one person's not your vibe, there's a group of you to continue a conversation and make things a bit easier. So I had this idea on a very, very grey, chucking it down Tuesday night in November, which isn't that dissimilar to this evening as we're filming this. <laughs> That what if I started a Facebook group and we just got like four or five of us to go for lunch or to go for pancakes or go through that massive list I got on my phone of places I wanted to go in London but didn't really want to go on my own and set it up. A friend of mine from uni joined the Facebook group just in case nobody else did and I told like the 20, 25 people I've been talking to on Bumble BFF about the Facebook group. I think five of them joined to begin with, um, maybe six, and then it slowly kind of grew. Um, we had the first little meetup at a pancake house in Covent Garden, and my friend from uni also came to that just in case nobody turned up because you know back then it was very informal, it was not very well organised. We just kind of put it in the Facebook group and hope that some people turn up. Um, and we, as I said, we started with five people. It was very informal, very relaxed, just hoping that people would come, picking places that I had had on my London bucket mm-hmm. list, and hoping for the best but all I really wanted was to make some friends and I 
kind of thought it would die within a few months. I kind of thought, oh, this isn't really going to go anywhere. But hopefully in the in this something that happens, I can make a few friends and that'll be kind of worth it. And five years later, it did not die. <laughs> it's going strong. And yeah. Absolutely. I mean, and then halfway through that journey, so you must have been running for a year, two years, like, and then COVID yeah. Yeah. hits. And then what was that like? I imagine just people were suddenly trapped at home and this was an outlet that just became such an important pillar for so many people. Yeah, so I think for us, our meetups and our what we now call our events, but at the time we're just very informal meetups, were one of the key parts of what, of what we did and still to this day what we do because I'm such a big believer in meeting people in person and just sitting down and chatting to someone exchanging energy and exchanging love and um, being with people in person but and we were one of the only groups that were doing that at this time sort of for I guess four years ago and then COVID hit and you literally could not see people in person anymore and so I thought that the Facebook group was going to die because um, our in-person stuff was such one of the reasons that people joined our group compared to other Facebook groups um, for, because we had in-person events they could come along to it made it easy for people um, and I kind of thought it would die off get quiet absolutely did not the complete opposite happened and we over tripled in size throughout the pandemic mm-hmm. and we absolutely skyrocketed and I think it's because people realized that so much of their human connection so much of their human interaction was at work in the office if you are in work nine till five or eight till six or whatever your schedule is but you're seeing people at you know five days a week for a good portion of the day you then don't mind if your evenings are quite quiet because you're spent all day chatting to this person from accounts and that person from marketing and that person on the production line and your weekends actually if you've done that all week you know just going to the football or going for a little walk with the dog that's fine and then we lost all of that and people suddenly went, oh, flip, okay, my human connection and the, no- the number of people I have in my life from a social perspective isn't as big as maybe people thought it was. There was a mass leaving of London of people in their 20s and 30s as well. I think the stat was something like over 100,000 people in their 20s and 30s left London during the pandemic because they why, why are we paying, you know, thousands of pounds in rent every month? and to live in the best city in the world when you can't go and see that city and mm. you're you're allowed to work from home everyone moved back in with mum and dad and saved some money which I also did you, you know it saved me a heck of a lot of money but it then meant that the people that were still in London were even more isolated and we then had that period of time where you could meet up with one person from another household but only outside and that really was a period where the group and our community forums went a bit bananas because people were saying, right, I live on this side of this specific park. Does anybody live on the other side? And we'll meet in the middle. We'll do a walk around it. And we'll, I'll bring coffee and you bring cake. And this was happening on a daily basis because people were literally trying to find someone that lived, you know, five, ten minutes down the road. Because in London, you know, most of my friends are an hour from me. You couldn't get on the tube for an hour in the pandemic. You had to find people that were near you. And we were able to kind of just be a space to allow people to connect and find those people. And now everyone's kind of reverted back and you, most of us don't have friends that live overly close. But it was really beautiful to be able to be that space and be that forum that just allowed people to connect and find someone else that lived, you know, in that very niche part of Greenwich or wherever it was. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And I think COVID, though, was this real shift. And like you say, people used to go to the office. They used to go to their members club, their favourite pub, their yoga studio. And they had those spaces they would go to. And then suddenly 
the doors shut, stay at home. So actually these virtual spaces just became so important for, to people across the country, not even London, yeah. just to find local people they could go out in the limited amount of time they were allowed outside the yeah. <laughs> four walls of their bedroom. Um, and I think it's so amazing. Um, and what would you say to people who are listening and are thinking, yeah, actually, it's that time of the year, it starts to feel a bit sad, I don't see my friends as much, you know, the long the long days of drinking rosé and cider in the park are gone. <laughs> would you say to them if they're like yeah this is me I feel a bit lonely how can they go about dealing with that so I think the first part is kind of figuring out why you're feeling lonely because for a lot of people um it's a bit of a complicated topic and for some of us it's because we're getting I'm you know I'm very single and I'm getting you know to the top end of my 20s some of my friends are in their 30s people everyone's getting married they're having kids they're buying houses they're settling down and I'm not in that part of my life yet where I have my sort of number one person that's my partner what some of my friends do um and some people then go oh well I've not got those people to go and sit in the park and drink rosé with let alone hang out in the winter but then for other people actually they've got those groups of friends it's that everyone gets incredibly busy during the winter especially in the run-up to Christmas with work with Christmas parties with seeing family and it's a figuring out why are you feeling lonely? What is it that you are missing? Are you craving? Is it that you need someone that you can go really deep with that you can share when you're having a bad day? Is it friends to go ice skating with because no one else fancies going ice skating at Winter Wonderland and you do? And figuring that out is kind of the first step. But then actually, as an adult, friendship and relationship, you know, I think we talk about it a lot with romantic relationships. They take time, they take effort, they take putting work in platonic relationships are exactly the same but we often just think they're going to be as easy as they were when we were at school and sadly that's not always the case and putting in a bit of time you know even if that means booking your friends in two months in advance knowing that okay on this night you don't have to choose what you're going to do you know you can pick that the week before but just putting a date in and saying okay we're going to hang out every third Thursday or whatever that looks like for your friendship and your schedule and your cadence and putting that time in even though it feels very not spontaneous and not organic you kind of need to do it and then you will know that you've always got something to look forward to you've always got someone there that you are guaranteed you're going to see and if you've got people who are in different locations or different groups of friends do do that because then you look at your I mean I look at my schedule between now and Christmas and I'm like flipping heck it's busy but actually it's because if I don't do that then I'm not going to actually not going to see anyone I'm going to end up sitting at home on my own so actually I schedule people in and you know the week before we'll actually figure out what we're going to do and what we fancy and what's on but knowing that you've got things coming up putting that time and that effort in scheduling people in making the effort to say I really value our relationship let's put a date in the diary for coffee for the theatre for whatever your thing is will mean that you won't miss out on seeing that person and yes it has to feel a little bit sometimes unspontaneous and not as organic as it did when we were teenagers but it then keeps the magic alive I love that I think that's such good actionable um things we can all go and just have a think and then get cracking I love it and then just before we go what is next for the Lonely Girls Club I know you've been had a crazy first five years you thought you'd be closed down by now but here you are stronger than ever so what does the next chapter look like yeah so we're growing 
single day, you know, there's, I think there's more need than ever and pe more people are wanting what we're offering and what we are, how we are able to help them. So for us, it's just about helping even more people. Um, London is just growing and growing. We've launched our Manchester branch earlier this year, which is growing incredibly way faster than the London one did ever, ever at the beginning. We're going to be opening our third branch in 2024, which is going to be in the Midlands, which is super exciting. And for us, it's just about helping more people, connecting with more women, giving more people a space to make friends. I think running this, especially in some of our external channels, we've realised that this loneliness epidemic, this need for connection, is not just a London thing. It is everywhere with everyone that people of and women of varying ages, whether you are, you know, a 19, 18 year old who has just moved to a new city for uni, whether you are in your late 20s, early 30s, and all your friends, as I was saying earlier, are getting married, having kids, and you're not at that point yet. You you know, just want someone to go to the theatre with and your mates are having babies and that's okay, but it means you need something a bit different. Whether you're in your 50s and your kids have all left home and you've gone, oh, okay, I've got something all this space. Loneliness and the need for connection is so broad and so we're just wanting to be here to help people and meet that need. And as I say, we're opening, opening our third branch in the beginning of next year and hopefully more branches, um, more in, into next year and into 2024 and 2025 and it's re super exciting if not terrifying but I think being able to help all these women is just incredible and we want to carry on doing that for as, as long as we can and can really oh it's so exciting and I, I love what you're up to and I wish you all the best of the next five years and beyond <laughs> thank you um, we do of course have a closing tradition I'm gonna, I've got some quick fire questions Amazing. for you let's let's do it okay are you a drinks at the pub or coffee in the park kind of girl Drinks at the pub. Oh, and what are you drinking? So the pub bit always throws me off. But then I realise I do I do it at the pub where it's normally um, a glass of white wine. Oh, lovely. Very sophisticated, Holly. Mm. Yeah, I mean, if it's wine at home, it's normally in a mug. So for my birthday, my friends got me wine glasses because they were fed up with me drinking wine out of a mug. But yeah, that's, yeah, that's normally it's something, at, something at the pub, you know, if it's a summer, a cider or an Aperol, but in, especially in this weather, let's stick to the wine. Yeah, lovely. And any favourite pubs in London? Oh, oh, the um, we do the Lonely Girls Club and me personally really like one that's in Clapham called the Bread and Roses. But it, it's also a bit of a theatre. They have live music and they've got really cool, um, sort of gourmet hot dog food food company that does like that does. It's not a food truck, but it feels like a food truck. So it's kind of a bit of a melting pot of lots of different things, but it's always fun. Gorgeous. And speaking of that, what's your best ever Lonely Girls Club meetup? Oh, there's been so many. I think the birthday one that we've just had last weekend was incredible, was so wholesome. We had a lot of people that came who maybe had been in the past that hadn't we haven't seen for a while um, and just wanted to come and celebrate with us. And we had karaoke and a cake, which was just amazing. Um, mm -hmm. We've done cocktail making before, which was always really, really fun. And then our mm -hmm. picnics in the summer, which has now transitioned into our Lonely Girls Walk Club because I don't think we want to sit in the park in the freezing cold in November. But a nice walk with a hot chocolate or a coffee in the winter is a little bit more manageable and they're always really fun because it's always super super chilled loads of people come along lots of chat too gorgeous and if you were doing a lonely girls club getaway where would you go so this is something I've been thinking about I would yeah. love to do a trip and it's where would we go and I think Italy would be amazing because the oh. food and the weather Portugal would probably be amazing um I mean I'm a big Disney fan so I would love to go to Disney but I feel like that would take far far more organization than I would be able to ever give for that many people but you know somewhere like Italy or Portugal would be stunning 
Yeah, that sounds gorgeous. Let me know when you're going. <laughs> um, and what's one subject you could natter on about four hours? Books. I mean, don't ask me to move. My room is full of them. I've got more books. Come, like, lit. there's a pile behind me. It's everywhere. I've got more books than probably anything else in my life. Um, and my housemates probably wish that I did not keep them all and I gave them out because then they wouldn't be taking up so much of our house. But I love it. <laughs> And do you have any good book recommendations then for people who are maybe feeling a bit lonely or maybe just a bit down? So many. I think there's a book that I read a couple of years ago, which I always come back to. And it's nothing to do with loneliness, but it's just one that I, I think a lot of people will like. It sounds very bizarre, but it's a combination of fantasy, poetry and romance called This Is How We Lose The Time War. It's less than 150 pages. Um, it's really beautiful I say it's really short so I always recommend to people that like want to get into reading but it's a bit of a it sounds a bit odd but it's really lovely I love it what a lovely note to end on I'll be putting that on my Christmas list <laughs> thank you so much for talking with me Holly it's been such a pleasure oh, yes it's been lovely thank you for having me thank you for listening to this snapshot conversation for more Curator Spaces content, head to our website, Instagram, or wherever you listen to your podcasts.